So if you came hungry, praise God, you came hungry for the word instead of actually food. I know, dad joke. That was like a Christian dad joke. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of jokes, I have another one I want to share with you today as we're talking about back to church Sunday. There was one Sunday morning, a wife was all dressed and she was ready to go to church. And she looks over and her husband is still laying in bed. And she says to her husband, she says, honey, um, are you going to get out of bed? Are you going to get ready for church? And he says, he just says with, 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 with all the, you know, all he could muster, he says, I'm not going. I'm not doing it. He said, I'm going to give you two reasons why I'm not going. Number one, I don't think people like me there. He goes, and, 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 and number two, I just simply don't want to go. And she got one of these, you know how they do. She got one of those looks, and she says, listen, mister. No, she didn't say that. The wife replied, said, I'll give you two reasons that you will go. Number one, there is at least one person, I'm sure, that likes you. And number two, you're the pastor, so get up, get dressed, and get to church. It's so easy to hit the snooze button on a Sunday morning, isn't it? It's so easy, and we have a busy life, and we got stuff going on. It's so easy to put church on the back burner. It's like, hey, I only get a certain amount of days off. Oh, I, you know, uh, anyone ever felt that way? Am I the only one? That's, it's so much work to get the kids ready and get here, and they're grumpy anyway. And Anyone else ever have, have that? Thoughts and opinions, yes. And uh, I, uh, I, I think we all that. But so we're going to talk about the purpose behind church, the importance of church. Uh, I think it's ironic we would do it first of all on uh, that God would have me say it on back to church Sunday on a Sunday that we have probably less attendance than we've had in in weeks. And I was asking, he says, "Hey, we call things not as though they were." And so we're speaking this, but there are five, I'm going to just give you five, just since we're kind of lighthearted, five wrong reasons to go to church. You ready? Five wrong reasons. The Number five, wrong reason to go to church is, well, I can go to church. I already, I already filled my buck tag, and I want to make sure everybody knows it. Number four, the wrong reason to come. I'm hungry, and I was hoping they had biggie-sized communion this week. Number three, I needed a good 45-minute nap. I've had someone tell me that before. Number two, I was too late. It was too cold to go to the lake anyway. And the number one worst reason to go to church, not go to church, is two words, free babysitting. <laughs> if if uh, Jenny, Jenny uh, Krieger was here, she'd be like, wow! But the reality is of church is that it's not always feel like it's important. Of course, in this in this day and this time, we find that it's spoken that it's not essential. But but I think that we can see through Scripture that it is a very important thing. But I will say this: don't misunderstand what church is and what it isn't. We're going to look at church, and I'm going to show you and reveal to you and show you scripture after scripture of God's intent for church. 
But God, nothing replaces a relationship, a personal relationship with God through Christ Jesus. Just because we come to church, we cannot assume that we have opened up our hearts and received Christ Jesus into our lives. That is the most important thing. But I pray that as we do, that I believe that God has established an institution, an opportunity where we can come together. And I hope that I trust that no one here had any of the reasons they came to church were because of the five worst reasons to come. But even if they are, God's grace and mercy to each one of us in Jesus' name. So why do we go through the hassle? Why do we dress up? Why do we try to get there? Why do we go to church? I don't know if anyone's ever found himself asking these type of questions. I would say, I'll be transparent, honest to say, I have asked these questions, these very same questions. Now, I will say, I promise I've never laid in bed and said, I don't want to go to church because I'm the pastor. But in days before, I have I, I remember I remember uh, one particular instance when I was a teenager. And I knew every week we went to church every week and it was awesome. But for whatever reason, I just didn't want to go. And I don't know if you've ever done this. I'm laying in bed. Pretending like I'm in this deepest sleep and my mom walks in and she's looking and I was praying that she would think, oh, the poor guy, he is so tired I'm going to let him stay home. And I was like, yeah. It didn't work. Because it wasn't truthful. It didn't work. But we all have had this this time, I believe. And uh, I'm telling on myself. But I, I would guess that maybe some of you have felt that way um, in the past. Survey tells us, there's a survey that was done in, in around 2013. It says, that as many as 79 Americans identify themselves as Christians, yet only 22% of those Americans attend church regularly. Only 22% of the 79 that say, I am a believer in Christ, only 22% of them are regular, would say that they're regular attenders. Now the interesting about the study is that the regular attender where they would classify as a regular tenant is two or more times in a month. Is all. But I believe to some, we understand what church is, what it's really about. I, I, I think we can see the, the one of the most fulfilling, I know that one of the most fulfilling, most uplifting things that I've done all week is when I get together and in corporate anointing, in corporate worship, and give praise to the King of Kings. Because when we collectively, each one of us said, we've called, God says we're called and we're appointed. When you're called, you're gifted. And God gives you gifts, he gives you talents, he gives you anointings. And those gifts and those talents and those anointings are given. And when we come with your gift and your talent and your anointing, when it comes... It begins to build this a beautiful, amazing, atomic power of God when we come together. I believe that this is why I've left in a place of church with so much excitement and so much zeal. because Not because of the duty, but because of the presence of all the gifts, all of the talents, and all of the anointings coming together for that power-packed, atomic 
bomb that is God in our lives. Amen? One of the truest pictures of church life is found in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read uh, this for you, Acts chapter 2, as we see this Acts. If you, if you ever look at the book of Acts, which I would highly recommend, um, the book of Acts is, that, is just that. It's the Acts of the Believers. Those that believe in Christ, the acts, and we get to see all that was accomplished and all that they did. Once the church of Jesus was established, he lived, he died, he rose again, the Holy Spirit came. And, and now we see through all through Acts the power of God in people's lives working and moving and doing. And in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 42, it talks about church. It talks about what life was like in this time. Of church, It says in verse 42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all of the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We can see in Acts, as, as Jesus has gone and left a legacy to carry out, that we see this church body in prayer, in fellowship, eating together, praying together, worshiping together, enjoying life together. I believe that God says that we are better together. We're better together. If we look through this, not only were they unified, not only were they, but there was a community of believers where they had one thought, worship God, love God, honor God. And God honored them by growing their influence. I thought this was very important because it wasn't about growing the church. It was about growing the influence. That means that more people knew about Jesus because simply there were more people gathering together. It was a ruckus, let me tell you. A good kind of ruckus. Of people coming together. And because of the ruckus, because of letting their light shine and coming together, it said that they were added to numbers daily and i want to remind you it wasn't saying the church was getting bigger it says they were be they were added by being saved they were coming into the body of christ do you understand and so us just simply coming together creates a ruckus within the spiritual world that brings us to the point where people are compelled to want to know what is going on and they would receive jesus this is what the scriptures said the meaning of church the greek word and i'm going to probably slaughter it ecclesia it is actually the very word the very root word of that is called and that's why we're putting it in this series because we're talking about being called and appointed and the very word church 
ek is is the calling out or the that the out of coming out of or set aside of and ecclesia is the calling the calling and so the word ecclesia is the word called out ones assembled together and so when we are saying we believe yeah I'm called pastor I believe you've showed me you've you revealed the bible's very clear that we are called first peter chapter 2 verse 9 says that we are a royal priesthood a holy nation it says that we we are chosen generation and we are called and we're appointed I, I i believe that but what about this church thing that's the very root calling is the very root of what church is now i will admit to you that there are two definitions of church one is the calling out out of the world the bible says that we're not of the world though we're in the world Jesus himself said that, Father, he says, they're, they're, in, they're not of the world like I'm not of the world. And that we are called and set apart. But it also means, it goes on to say through scripture several times, he says that they assemble together as a church, as a body, as a, a ecclesia. And so that we see that this is an important part of church. Can somebody say Amen. I know it feels like I'm preaching to the choir because you're at church. But I know also that no matter what, we never can think that we've got to figure it out and we're okay. Because we never know when the enemy's going to come to steal, kill, and desire. In fact, uh, to, to kill, steal, and destroy. But I know this. The Bible does say that the enemy always roams around like a lion seeing who he can devour. So if you're here like, oh, pastor, I, I'm at church. Why are you preaching about church? I'm here. We want to set aside pride. We want to receive every gift, every orsel of uh, orsel. That's morsel and whatever altogether. I always get nervous speaking because Miss Heather is an English teacher and I know how poorly. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord that I'm not. Pull out your handouts. We're going to look at the purpose of church today. We're going to review this. I'm hoping to keep you very little today. But I think it's so important that we look at this purpose of church today. Because we're, we can all be told what we think. But it's important to look at what the word of God says about church today. Number one, the purpose of church, I believe, is to refuel and to recharge. We can see in scripture how we can see that, uh, that, that when we come together there is a recharging. Uh, and, and look at this. Uh, the best example I can come up with is um, I, I will tell on myself. A couple weeks ago uh, Michelle and I went on this motorcycle ride. And uh, great time. A little brisk. But just, just beautiful colors. And awesome to, to, to do that. And we get back. And uh, and get off the bike and go. That's all fine and dandy. The next day, she goes to school. She goes to Wausau a couple couple times a week uh, to Wausau for school. And so she and I'm like, you know what? It's kind of nice outside. I think I'm going to jump on the bike and go for a ride. And I jump on the bike, and the battery is dead. And I realized I left the key on after I got off and drained the battery. I didn't even tell her. I was like so embarrassed in myself. 
And so what I had to do is I had to grab a hold of the trinkle charger and begin to charge that battery. And I think that's what church is. It's kind of like that little trinkle charge. A little bit of light, a little bit of gifting, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it comes together and it just charges our batteries. So we're able, how many have ever forgotten and you get so busy, the life gets so busy, you just forget to recharge. Sometimes we forget, we get so busy, we forgot, forget to turn the switch off and recharge. I want to, I never do this, but I'm going to tell on my wife. I know she still loves me. She will always love me. But she gets busy. She's a busy gal. She's got lots of things going on. And one of the things that she sometimes forgets to do is to look at the gas gauge on her vehicle. And this concerns me because she's traveling back and forth. And so I've tried to be diligent to, to gas the car up for her so that she doesn't have to worry about that. But I, I liken this, what church is, is that we get so busy and we can just neglect keeping our eye on our gas gauge. Spiritually speaking. And we can, we can get so going this way and that way. And there's so many other important things. And I, I would agree with there's a lot of important things and a lot of busyness to be had and to be done. And I'm not saying we just sit around and do nothing. But there is something about keeping an eye on the gas gauge that keeps us fueled so we can continue to move forward. Continue to use the vehicle for why it's intended to get us from pl one place to the next. And I'm trying to say that I believe that church can be that vehicle. That that church, when we come to a place, assemble together, that your, your giftings and your talents and all that you have is helping to recharge, helping to fuel, put fuel back into the gas can, so we, or into the gas tank, so we can get out of here and take off and go do what God has called us to do. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Consequently, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the words of Christ. Now, one of the statistics that I didn't tell you till now, I held it back, that out of that 22%, they asked how many of the 22% that did go to church regularly, outside of that, how many times were they in the Word of God or spent time with God, and the percentage was less than 5%. I do not believe that we need, that in order to, that we're, that being saved means we have to be at church. But I knew, do know me. I know human nature because I am a human. And I know flesh. And I know if the flesh, that the flesh is often weak. And when I come, I can have, know that when I come, there's some kind of accountability that happens where I am so fired up and so that I feel like, man, I've got to. You're like, well, yeah, you're the pastor. But even if I weren't, that I would want to spend time. They, they, they say in these surveys that the people that go to church week by week are two, two out of five Sorry, three out of five more likely 
to read their word throughout the week. Why? It's their, it's their word, their Bible, they have them. Most Americans have at least four Bibles in their household. At least. I know there's some that have 50. I might be one of those. purpose, the reason, is because there is this, this idea that when we are drawn together and we see God move and we see get recharged and get refueled, it raises our sight level. It raises our vision. It raises who we're like, I need to get more of that. What were they talking? Oh, yeah, they were talking about God. How do I get more God today as I, as I did Sunday? It's right here in his word. It's in spending time with the Father. I don't know about you, but anytime I fill up the gas tank in my vehicle, it just feels like the, the car runs better. When it's full, I'm like, man, this thing is awesome. When it's empty, I'm like, ah. There's just something, it just like it drives down the road so much better at full than it does empty. And I liken that to our spiritual lives. There's just something better that we do life when we fuel up on a Sunday morning or Saturday night or whenever we, whenever we gather as a corporate body. There's just something that allows us to drive down the road in our spiritual lives that much stronger because of this joining together. I believe it's because faith comes by hearing. We've heard it. And we receive it. And we sense it. Refuel and recharge. The second purpose of, of church, I believe, is to build significant relationships. I believe that church is the greatest place to build grand, great, awesome relationships. God created Adam, and he found that there was not a compatible helper, a compatible, a compatible friend to be found. Then God made Eve. Why? Because people need each other. People need people. We need to do. God says, I want you to do life together. And when we come together, I can't think of a better place, a more safe place to build a friendship with those that have like-minded, like-visioned, want and desire to raise up with Christ as Christ has raised us up. I can't think of a better way to, to do that. And I would caution us that we would pre, that we would be sure that we would remember these things when we join together. That we would leave the world things out and we would let the God things reign strong. So that we can build relationships together. A network of friends creates an environment of support and stability. I can tell you, Undoubtedly, my best relationships, friend relationships, were, 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 were cultivated and started from church. I can tell you firsthand that, that the, the closest relationship are those people. And those people, what was, why that's important is that when I was feeling empty and tired and not knowing, that person 
could sense and see because they were like-minded, like vision, because they had been following after the things of God, and they would call me, they would come speak to me, with, and it would just... And sometimes they would bring accountability, like, ah, oh, what's going on with you? I know you're not in the right place, mister. And that's good. Because that gives stability. That builds stability. It builds, we need support. And what a better place than a network of a place that says a community is, is that way. I have this net here. And the net's purpose is to catch fish or to catch crawdad or whatever you're trying to go. The idea is this net is to catch something. But the strength of this net is a relationship between each one of the threads, each one of the ropes that are mingled together to make it strong so that when a heavy load has come in, that it holds strong. The Bible said a three-stranded cord will not be broken. And so... Church, coming to church, it's like we're gathering our ropes together. Your gift, my gift, your gift, our anointings, our giftings. We come together, we're joined together, and then we're able to go fishing. God said we are fisher of men. And so with that strength together, we are built up, we're recharged, we're refueled, we're ready to build relationships together. They come together and we're ready to cast our nets and haul in harvest for the Father. I believe this is one of the many reasons why it's important to go to church. To be a part of an assembly. Ecclesia. To be a part of the called out ones. Because I know you know and we've seen it. There's a lot of verbiage outside of life that's not much hope. Not a lot of peace. Not a lot of direction, good direction. Not a lot of great vision. I can't think of a better place that we would find that vision when we are following and concentrating on the things of God. And finally, in Luke chapter 15, verse 4, it says, Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he, he's joyful. he joyfully puts, puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. And then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that is the same way there will be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. The 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. You talk about a party. You talk about a party when one of the most, the, one of the most thrilling things, one of the most exciting, invigorating things is when you have an opportunity to lead someone to the Lord where they are lost and, you, and God shows them, reveals his light and his promise. And you help be the connector. I'm telling you, it is, you talk about getting refreshed. You talk about getting blessed. They're, they're getting blessed because they're getting a new life in Christ. All the old is gone. The new has come. They're a new creation. But you also get blessed because he allows you to partner with him to help ch change and transform a life. That's a win-win. we got to stay fueled. 
we got to have the right relationships so we have the support and stability to go and do as the Father has called us to do. Number three, purpose for church, I believe, is to unite corporately in prayer and worship. There's like no other place than to come together and to worship. I remember one of the first Sundays back after we had all had to, we, we closed down to lower the curve or whatever, whatever the verbiage was. And I remember coming back. I remember it was really difficult to sing and worship. I was excited, but I was so blessed by the corporate anointing. I was so overpowered by a hundred different people with different opinions and different ideas about all of the things outside all come together for one purpose, to glorify the King and worship God as Lord and Savior. It was powerful. It just knocks me down. Just It just began to cry. And so I'm like, I want to sing, but I can't sing. I, don't, I just can't sing and cry at the same time. And I was just overwhelmed with joy. It wasn't a sorrowful, it was a joyful cry of this awesome thing that we get to do. I'm so thankful that today we get to have church. Because tomorrow's nothing in tomorrow is guaranteed, but we do have today. And so today, we unite in prayer and worship. I know online is good. I'm so thankful for the tool. But I don't, it, it's not the same. As being together, united. If that's what we have, God's going to use it and move it, no problem. Because God's going to do what He does. Nothing's stopping God. But I do believe there is a there is there is purpose behind, and He has called us apart. I was telling someone, it's not the same. It's just not the same. It's 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 fun. It's cool. It's awesome. And and praise God, you know, God has allowed us to get some more things, and people have given, and we're able to get real fancy, and it looks really sharp, and we got. People running it. Praise God for all of that. And I thank you for watching. Continue to watch and keep liking and sharing and being a part of that. But there's nothing like that. I don't know. When I was when I was a, a teenager, I'd always, you know, I'd buy the album of whatever band I was listening to. And it was cool. It was awesome. But then the first opportunity, the first time I got to go to my first concert. I was like, that is song is awesome because there's something about uniting together it just takes it to a whole nother level and so yeah that's good for a time but we are called together matthew chapter 18 verse 19 jesus said again i tell you that if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask for it will be done for you by my father in heaven for where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. There I am with them. There's something amazing when believers are coming together and seeking God together. God promises, I'm right in the midst of that. And I'm ready to move and I'm ready to do. In Acts chapter 3, uh, Peter and John uh, were, were reaching out. They were walking along, and they, they noticed a man that was diseased. In fact, he was diseased for 40 years, or, or crippled, rather, for 40 years. And John and Paul and, and, and John pray for him 
excuse me, Peter and John pray for him and he is healed. Instantly, praise God for that, as they're going to church. Then they, then they get called in to the authorities uh, and they get reprimanded. And they get not only get reprimanded, they get imprisoned and they get talked to and they get a stern talking to about this. And in, in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, it says, On their release, they finally got released, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, I love this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. They needed to get refueled. They went to the temp they went to their people to get refueled and recharged. Because they were, they were significant relationships. And they draw together and they begin to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it gave them the courage in verse 31 that, that we learn that after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And it goes on to say that hundreds were added to the church. Why? Because where two or more are gathered, God's in the midst. When we are seeking God for the same purpose, we have different ideas, different thoughts on different ideas. But when we will come together and unite and pray and worship together, God's right there and he's ready to shake every foundation. When Paul and Silas were in prison, they began to pray and sing and the foundations of the prison shook. And the prison doors were wide open. It says that all of the people were watching and listening. There were more people there. It was a gathering. And it was in that unitedness, that faith built, that recharge, that time that they were able to break out. And they were able to see God move. Praise God for that promise. Amen? You know, these, these, these accounts in Scripture are not just so we can say, wow, that was really fun, but they're actually in there so that we would take history and we would learn and we would glean and we would say, if, it, if God's the no respecter of persons, if he'll do it for them, he'll do it for me. And that's why these, are, these accounts are in there, so we would get fired up, we would get excited, and we would claim these things for ourselves as well. Can I get an amen? Number four, purpose for going to church, to encourage each other. I know it sounds like some of the others, but it simply is for encouragement. We need encouragement. We all need encouragement. And we need encouragement. I, I, I love, I, I want to push, I want to prod, I want to plead, I want to I ask people to live a life faithfully to Christ. But there's something amazing when it's more than just me saying it. When we come together in agreement, there's something that's compelling. You know, the purpose that people come to our church is they say, man, they just, people seem to just genuinely like me, care for me, kind of smother me sometimes. Not these days, we're six feet apart. But there's a desire, there's a thing here, because why? We are in the business of encouraging each other. That's what church is for, to encourage and to build up. We can do it safely. We can do it, we can do it smart. But we should gather and encourage each other. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, 
But let us, say let us, encourage one another. All the more as we see the day approaching. Let us encourage one Don't forget, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another. It's encouragement when we come together. We need to encourage each other. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul compares the body of Christ. I don't have time to read 12 through 27. Write it down and look at it. Paul compares the body of Christ to a physical body. And, and he talks about that the body is only the body if it's contained with every piece of the body. That it's whole and complete. If the, it's not whole and complete if the head's there and the foot's over there. It's very gory. Sorry. But understand that he says that the body needs the hand and the foot, the head, the stomach, all of those things. And so what are we saying? We're saying that it encourages we all work better when we're working together, when we gather together. It's encouraging. The body can do what the body does when we're together. I remember I I was in high school and I broke my ankle. Ah, it's just an ankle. It was really hard to put on pants. My hands were fine, but everything was difficult because part of the body was broken. Part of the body was not working as it should be working, and it was difficult. I got a better one. Two weeks ago, I had this splinter in my finger, and I was the biggest baby. I couldn't do anything. Because of this silly little sliver. Because my hand, it was like I couldn't even use my hand anymore. Because one silly little sliver, something was so important. My hand, this little bit of a problem affected my whole body. Affected everything I did. I started making decisions based on not being able to use my hand. When we're not gathered together, we start to make decisions Based on not using or being or being in an agreement. And we will find ourselves living under what God has called us to do. We got to courage, encourage each other. It's very vital. And in fact, it's so vital. It's so vital. In order for me to be encouraged, in order for you to be encouraged, the Bible says as a body, we need every part. In other words, when we're missing and we're not here, we're not, one of our parts of our body are not there and the body's not working as it should work. When we're not together, we're missing. God has put together this beautiful mural of, of just a bunch of abstract, but he brings it together and makes this beautiful picture for us all. And there's nothing more annoying than when you're putting a puzzle together and there's one puzzle piece missing. It's just not complete. I mean, it looks pretty good, but there's something missing. And this is the way the body of Christ is. We need every piece. Because you might be thinking, oh, well, pastor's going to say everything. It's going to be fine. But the truth of the matter is, 
Statistically, more people are blessed by the people that were in church with them that shared a smile or a hello or a kind word than it was the pastor's message. Why? Because we all need each other. We encourage each other. And when you're missing, we're missing your gift. And I'll say you're missing our gift to you. Because we're made to work together. We're better together. Number five. Purpose to be in church. Is to stay balanced. We're facing many challenges in our world. We know that better in 2020 than we ever did. This this. This sentence or this statement has been used so many times in the past, but I think it resonates even stronger in 2020. Some of the things we see, some of the things we hear and experience, they're actually in direct conflict with what our walk with Christ is looking like. And it can be absolutely positively confusing. I've found myself fighting confusion more now than I ever have. What's, the, what's right, what's wrong, what should I, shouldn't I, all of those kind of things that I think every one of us, if we're honest, we do. Now we, I, I know I've said, no, I'm doing this, but inside I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because we don't always know. We find self things confusing. In Galatians chapter 5, I love this, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, says, so I say, live by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the, nature, the, gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature it desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit is, and, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that we do not do. So that you do not do what you want to do. What am I saying? When we come together, I could be like, oh man, I got, ooh, this, you know, I got this. I get in solitude, I get away, I could, you could start making all kinds of things is really important. And you're really, you go tell, tell somebody else, they're like, Pastor, you okay? Do you have some green pizza? Or what, what happened here? What's going on? You're kind of off kilter a little bit. See, coming together helps us keep in balance. God didn't call us to be long rangers. It's only good in the movies. In fact, God calls us that we would join together. We're better together. And when we're together, we help stay balanced. Because we can talk ourselves in anything. It usually starts with, hey, hold my beer. No, I'm just kidding. It's always a bad statement. When you're going to say that, you know that bad is right behind it. We convince ourselves of all kinds of crazy things. We need balance. We need people to help us stay in balance. And that's why it's important to be in the right place so we have the right kind of balance. Like-mindedness. Someone that uh, understands the journey and the growth that we want to make. The desires that God has put on the inside of us. I believe that 
as we come in balance. I'm all for fellowship and love and, and encouragement. We, we do fun things. We, we've, especially in the past, we haven't had, had the opportunity to get together in a fellowship and game nights and all those kind of, we do all of those kind of things because we understand that we need to build relationship. When we build relationship, we'll understand and we begin to honor and love each other and hear each other's hearts rather than even what we're saying with our mouths. Relationship is so important. And when we have relationship, the right kind of relationship, then we're able to speak into life and be spoken to into our life. And that helps keep balance. Because the enemy's trying to get you off. It was Adam and Eve were unbalanced because they were separated and the enemy came to Eve first. If they would have been together at the same time, I don't know that the enemy would have had her, but they became out of balance because they were separated. I believe we're stronger and we're better together. I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet. We're going to close right there. Our emphasis at this church, the DNA of what this church is, is about building relationship and community. It's the vision that's been the vision long before me. When Pastor Sellers started this, he said, I want a spirit-filled, Bible-believing church that will live together and commune together as a family to love each other. When Even when we don't feel lovely, we will love on each other. And his heart and his life have been living a life of love. It's the DNA. This is the heritage of this church. I believe it should be the heritage of every church. Everybody walks it out. Every church walks it out their identity the way God has them designed to do that. But at the heart of it all, it's about love. It's about joining together. It's about remaining together in love because when we're together and we're joined together in love then we're able to produce what god wants to produce in john chapter 15 verse 4 and 5 it says jesus says remain in me and i will remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine you are the branches. If a man remains in me, I will in him. He will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. God established the church. It's an establishment that he said. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. And the, and the gates of Hades will not prevail over it. Church is important to the Father. Because we are important. Because we are important to work together. Because when they were all in one accord, the Bible says that's when it was like a mighty rushing wind. And the Holy Spirit came and people's lives were changed, changed, and, and empowered and people begin to see Jesus as Jesus was, powerful, mighty God. And that's the desire that he has for us today.
like Jesus went around doing good, healing the sick. He says that I want you to do the same thing. To go and preach the good news of the gospel. But we're called to come back together to refuel and recharge. To develop relationships that we can lean on each other, have stability with, to, to have security with, to have someone that has love for us and we can love on each other. So that we can come together and say, I was thinking this, oh no, that's out of balance. Oh no, that's good, that's good. And get right back into balance with what, wait, what does God's word say? Ah, oh, thank you, yes, I was getting confused. Because then when we remain in him, we will bear much fruit. I declare in Jesus' name that we as a church will bear much fruit. Health, healing, miracles, people coming to the kingdom in Jesus' name. We've got to do it together. We all have a, a job, but we all work together better as a body to get that job accomplished when we stay attached. to the. Father, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. God, I thank you for the established church that you've called. God, I know that you call without a shadow of doubt that we are the church. We make up the church. It's the power of God in us that establishes church. The Father, you've also said that we need to gather together, assemble together, to build each other, to encourage, to grow relationship, like-mindedness. Father, that we can stay in balance with each other so that we can fulfill the purpose and the call that when distractions come, we can help to have someone to help lead us and guide us. And Father, I thank you that each one of us are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we can lean on you at any moment, at any time. And God, I thank you that you've called partners to come alongside each one of us, that you've called us better together. We thank you for it, Father. Father, we don't just thank you for it. We live it. We believe it. God, we live in it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the assembly of the brethren. I thank you for the opportunity that we get to meet today. We know tomorrow's not guaranteed. We recognize that we are here today and we are thankful for this moment and this time. May we never lose the understanding of the importance of what it is to gather together corporately as we unite in prayer and worship. I thank you that we'd all grasp that truth, how essential it is that we gather together in this time and in this moment. God, I thank you. You said where one put a thousand flight, two put two thousand, ten thousand to flight. Father, we are putting all of you to flight as we draw together. I declare that now in Jesus' name. In this place and all that are watching, Father, I pray that each person that's able gets to a Bible-believing, spirit-filled church where they can gather together wherever they are, that we would grow together. We would know without a shadow of a doubt that God has called us better together. Jesus mighty name everybody said amen amen come on give God praise he's good I'm so thankful for what God's done for us amen amen God bless you thank you for being with us Facebook we love you YouTube you are awesome eCampus God bless you we'll see you next week in Jesus name